This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Downtown baseball in Kansas City is inevitable. It is coming, whether we all like it or not. There's going to be a new downtown stadium within the next decade, and there are two possible locations where it may be built. Jason Nivens, downtown resident and of 98.9 The Rock, our sister station here in Kansas City, sits down with me and we discuss what the shape of downtown could look like 10 years from now with a new ballpark. I think it's the most divisive topic we have in sports in Kansas City. Hell, it may be the most divisive topic we have in Kansas City, and that is the downtown stadium. Jason Nivens, as I said, is with us from 98.9 The Rock, downtown dweller on the west side. Right yes. in your wheelhouse, my man. You are a big, big proponent of anything to make Kansas City better. And like it or not, and I and I hate to say it that way, the downtown stadium is coming to Kansas City for the Kansas City Royals. At least that was the word before the pandemic hit. You know, everything's off the table. But I still believe that the downtown stadium is coming. You and I both believe we need it. It's the right thing to do. So I'll just start with you, my man. Why do you think this is the right thing for Kansas City? I just think when you're looking at the renewal of the urban core about the downtown area, which draws in, you know, thousands of people, whether that's for now T-Mobile Center, uh, Power and Light, the streetcar, what that's done to connect, even though it's just a tiny little two mile run for now. Uh, obviously, it's going to go out to the colleges, which I think is very beneficial in tying the city together. You know, when you look at like urban cores and what they mean for all development of a city, whether that's arts, whether that's commerce, I, I think it makes sense to put the baseball stadium downtown. And, you know, we have all, we, one thing about Kansas City, we love our history. We love our heritage. We love that we're the, the king of barbecue. You know, we're the, we're the king of baseball with, with, uh, for, forget just the Royals, go all the way back with the, with the monarchs and what, what they meant in the world of baseball even though they were the Negro leagues and never really got a chance to, to showcase their talents. Although they did obviously take on Babe Ruth and his barnstormers and whatnot. But, you know, when, when you look at like the importance of a, of a baseball stadium in downtown, it just makes sense. The, 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 that whole suburban movement, that flight that happened post-World War II and that really got had a high watermark in the eighties and then started to crest in the nineties. I mean, now we're seeing where, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers. I'm sure you do. But in terms of baseball and like moving stadiums back downtown, Kansas City is one of the last ones. And I should also note this, and I, I don't think people realize it because when we see, you know, uh, Coffin Stadium off the highway, we think it's this giant stadium that, you know, uh, it just is it just is so overwhelming and so large. It's the, it's like the fifth smallest stadium in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's, 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 it's small by comparison because we are technically small ball. 
Yeah, and, and, and I think when you start to look around baseball, I mean, you're, you're really hard-pressed to find a stadium these days that's not in some sort of urban core. Obviously, Comiskey and, and Wrigley are not in the downtown loop in Chicago, but they're in the urban core of the city. You know, Milwaukee's a little bit on the outskirts, but it's really not that far like, like our stadium is on the outskirts. Baseball, to me, is a downtown sport. Baseball, to yes. me, is you get off of work at 5, you take your tie off, you go to a bar, you grab a quick bite to eat, you grab a couple of cocktails, boom, you're in the game at 7 o'clock. Your car stays at the office. You get the car, yeah. you go home after the game, and it's over. To me, baseball has always been that kind of urban core sport where you could stay at a hotel near the stadium, walk to the stadium, do things around the stadium. That's the way that I've always envisioned baseball. And I think right now where Kauffman Stadium is, that is it, that that's really unique to Kansas City, and, and not many other places have that type of setup. I mean, I think the closest thing, the closest comparison would probably be Dodger Stadium in LA because that is such an automotive need city i mean right. kansas city was very tied into itself before you know like i said the suburban flight uh post-world war ii and so you know you, you had everything sort of tied in together and at the time you know building it out the very eastern part of kansas city or, or raytown area whatever you want to call it sure it made sense the automobile was booming everybody was driving everywhere they they, they like to do that aspect of it and uh and i think times have changed and 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 also too Baseball attendance is down. I mean, well, this is this is one of those things that I don't know if people really realize. I mean, you know, the the uh, uh, the best the best markets for baseball are Los Angeles and uh, New York City, respectively, number two and number one largest cities in America. Uh, third is obviously Chicago, and so you know, people aren't going to games as much like they used to. And then it also becomes, and from what I've what I like, I, I went to a, a, a deal very beginning of the year, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, it was like a downtown neighborhood association. They they brought in this guy, Paul Goldberger, who uh, was like a, a New York Times renowned architect critic. And he also wrote about baseballs and uh, baseball stadiums. And, um, and and it's it's also like, you know, so you have what, 162 games a year, right? And not including preseason, postseason. You have 81 of those games at home. So 81 out of 365 days a year, you're going to have that dedicated to, to baseball. What are you going to do after that? just let it sit on the side of the road with the lights on or, uh, or could you utilize, you know, somewhere in the outfield, uh, a dog park for people in the neighborhood to go to, or, you know, an outdoor track where you can go jog around like the old mall walkers back in the day when we used to have malls, you know, I mean, there's, there's ways to utilize a downtown stadium inside of an urban core that is connected to the neighborhood itself where people can utilize it outside of um, outside the actual games. So like, let's say you have a nice restaurant that overlooks you know, left field. Well, great. You can go there and then maybe stick around for a game afterwards. And I, and I do think that, you know, when you're looking at the, the possibilities of, of utilizing a stadium outside of, of the games, it's, it, we're very creative with our ideas as we, you know, especially as we're like in this pandemic where we have to get creative to keep our sanity. I mean, I, I and personally, for me, I mean, that's yeah, a little selfish. I'd love to be able to walk down the hill from where I live, grab a streetcar, go into, say, it's in the East Village, or if it's even, you know, if it's if it's near the crossroads that has been flirted with. But I think that I think that when you're looking at the new ownership of the Royals, and now you, you bring on, and, and it's a collective ownership, and then obviously the the biggest name attached most recently was Mahomes. When you're looking at a development of of a small market city for baseball that that could have potential of some real growth, like the way they look at like Nashville over the last 10, 20 years, Austin over the last 10, 20 years, you know, we're, we're, we're now having to compete with cities like Omaha and Oklahoma city. When we used to fancy ourselves like, Oh, we can, you know, we're, 
we're a big metropolis like a Chicago or, or I mean, when, when we're being compared to Cincinnati, nothing against Cincinnati, nothing against Ohio, but like, you know, I mean, we, I think we have a little more pride in that. And I know it's very divisive. I know there's a lot of people like if, if you put a baseball stadium downtown, I'll never go again. Well, then I guess you're not going to go, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's I, I think that's kind of where it's gotten for a lot of people, though. You know, people complained about the new airport when we got the – not the new airport, but the new airport terminal. They complained about building Sprint Center, now T-Mobile Center. They complained about, you know, paying the bi-state tax to renovate Union Station. Just think about where the city would be if we didn't pass that bi-state and renovate. It would be, it would be a parking lot. I mean, a, it, would, it would be – parking lot. And, and how many people go down there all the time to take their Christmas pictures and do what they do down there, but everybody was against <laughs> the bi-state tax and didn't want to utilize that. That. People were against the convention center, the convention center hotel. Now, obviously, the Lowe's hasn't been able to get off the ground because it opened in the middle of a pandemic. But people were against power and light, like all of these things that have drastically changed our city. Everything was a big fight. And what I understand and what I really like about this new ballpark and what everybody should like about the new ballpark coming from what I understand, it's all pretty much going to be self-funded. It's not going to be asking the taxpayers for for money or whatnot. They are going to self-fund this thing. So it won't even be something that taxpayers truly, quote unquote, have a say in. It's going to happen. It's going to be built. And I think it's the final piece to really, Jason, tie our downtown together and and bring everything together, that final piece of downtown. And I remember back in, in, in 2002 and, and looking at the renderings that they were going to have of the ballpark in 2002 by the old cashew downtown there is mm-hmm. kind of where the location was 22nd and grandish. Right. And, and I remember looking at those renderings and I remember when they decided not to do it, the thing was, we don't want to be what has to start the development of downtown and be responsible for downtown developing. We want to be a piece of downtown. Now, obviously yeah. that was under old ownership that, that no longer owns the team, but I think it's kind of still the same thing. You don't have to be what starts the downtown boom. You can be a piece that completes the downtown boom. Well, the arts started the downtown boom. First Fridays and Crossroads, you know, in the late 90s. Then obviously, you know, however long ago, Sprint Center and Power and Light came in. That that rode the arts wave. So the arts renaissance uh, is what really drove the, drove the development of downtown, the, re, the, the rebirth of it, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, now you're right. You don't have to have the Royals be that. A lot of times, you know, when you look over baseball's, uh, the stadium's history outside of Kansas City, a lot of them were my understanding was to help like rejuvenate a downtown area, you know? Uh, but I don't think that I, I don't, uh, I think we all agree. We don't need that now. I mean, granted things are a little different because of a global pandemic, but if you're talking, you're, this isn't going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be a, a project as sometimes I lament that the projects in Kansas city seem to take a little longer than they should. Um, but this is a project that's going to have to take some time and development and, and, and by that point, you're already looking at all these new convention center hotels going in. You're looking at trying to, you know, secure Kansas City as a convention center hub so you don't lose out on Vegas. You don't lose out on Cleveland. You don't lose out on on these other other cities that, are, that have been doing the same thing. And and we're, you know, we're right smack dab in the middle of, of the entire United States of America. So let's bring it in and let's 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 do something that that. Like you said, you get off work at five o'clock, you take off your tie, you figure, oh, hell, you know, I, the, the White Sox are in town. I, I, I like Chicago. I'll go check them out. You know, why not? You know, or, or you're in town for business from a Cleveland or from Cincinnati or from San Diego or from wherever. And you just happen to be in town the same time that your team is playing. I mean, yeah, you, you'll draw people out. And I, I, I 
I think, and I, I talked to people about this too. Like, well, you don't think out of town conventioners would go to out to the Kaufman if you know they were in town from Picture City, you know, Colorado, and, and the Rockies are in town. I'm like, no, because I've talked to those people. They're just like, nah, man, I don't want to drive ten miles outside the city, have some beers, watch a game, and then try and navigate my way back into the city that I don't know that well. And if you've ever come back into downtown from the east side of town, that's daunting. That whole interchange with 70 and I-35 and and all of that, 670. So it's like. I mean, I, I understand. We also love in Kansas city, our traditions. We have a hard time breaking away from them because we feel like we're losing part of our soul, I guess, or a piece of who we are, but then a new thing develops and we're like, wow, I kind of like this thing better. So I, 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 I want to believe it's coming. I think it's coming. You, you probably know better than I do, but I, like I said, I just look forward to the chance of, of having downtown baseball be back into Kansas city because that's, that's mm-hmm. really what, but that's really what made KC what it did. They played on 22nd in Brooklyn. They got right. done and they would go to 18th and vine and they would jam all night. And, and, and like, you know, you, you don't see a guy, you know, you don't see a guy cutting heads or, or trying to make a couple dollars with a hat and, and the, and this, the guitar case open out front of a parking lot in, in Raytown, you know, but you might see a dude outside of uh, the new downtown stadium playing his guitar. And that kid might go on to be somebody that you see a few years later at say the Midland or whatever going, I remember when he was on a street corner, you're just not going to see those kind of guys. Like I said, in a parking lot, well, I get it, it. we love to cook our meat in a parking lot. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> But tailgating at a baseball game is not the same as a football game, and we all know that. Yeah, we all know that. And and I think the, the you know one of the things that I think we really need to be cognizant of is that we're approaching the 50th anniversary of these stadiums. I, I want to say 71 is when they opened, if I'm not mistaken. 71, so. 72 in that era. I mean, that's 50 years is next year, right? We're, yeah. we're approaching a 50-year anniversary of Kauffman Stadium, and it makes it, I think we were looking at the numbers the other day, it's the sixth oldest stadium in baseball. You've got Fenway Park, you've got Wrigley Field, you've got Dodger Stadium, a couple others in there, and then you've got Kauffman Stadium. And I think because it looks so good and it just underwent the renovations, you know, now almost 15 years ago, you're looking yeah. at, a, at, at a ballpark that has obviously withstood the test of time. I think if you sat people down and said, how old do you think Kauffman Stadium really is? People say 20, 25 years old. And you sure. tell them, no, it's 50 years old. They're like, whoa. And so yeah. you're, you're coming up on the end of the leases that they signed when they did the renovations to the stadium in like five to seven years or something like that. And are you going to stay in a... A house that's 50 years old, or are you going to go find a new one? You're probably going to go find a new one. And I think it takes on greater importance now too, Nivens, because we're sitting, as you mentioned a couple of times in this global pandemic, think of how many hundreds and thousands of jobs will be created by mm-hmm. having a downtown stadium be built and how many people will be able to get back to work and, and, and get going again and change their lives around because this new stadium allowed them to not only work on the construction crews or design crews or whatever the case may be, but there's going to be new bars, there's going to be new restaurants, there's going to be new development around that stadium as well. And that's jobs, jobs, jobs. Well, yeah, and, and, go, and another, you know, another factor that I know people that are naysayers will be like, okay, well, you're going to have to drive a lot of people out of their homes to build this. I mean, if you look at, there's a lot of open land in and around downtown area to, to put a, a, a ballpark. But then you also have to look at like making sure that, that as you develop housing in and around it, that there is some affordable housing. You have to take sure. that into consideration because you're talking about potentially affordable housing for people that are going to live, work, play right in that area. They're going to go work at maybe at the, at the, if you want to call it Kaufman, whatever, go work there. Say they're a, a beer vendor, right? A, a guy that works 81 uh, days a year as a beer vendor, makes a little scratch, has affordable housing, can walk to and from the gig and, and enjoys his life. I mean, or, 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 
pick whatever profession that, that might be, but there's a chance to, I think, really, as you said, unite the city. Because when you do look at, at the number one thing that just divided up this great history of our downtown that we had for so long was the highways, you know, wh whether that's the North Loop, the South Loop, the 670, whether that's, you know, now 71 that's ripped through what it is. So here's a chance to, I think, do some infrastructure redevelopment and some, 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 you know, some engineering to the city to improve, you know, all aspects of it. And it's funny too, because, you know, you talked about like a, a tax. I mean, you, you get Johnson County people that complain a lot about a downtown stadium because they want to pay a tax for it. You ain't paying a tax right now. Right, you, yeah. you know, you don't pay a poll tax coming over the state line. Right. You know, you know, you're not paying extra percentage because you live in Lenexa. So, you, you know, I mean, I, I think that, that the, we've talked about it. I know you and I have talked about it over a couple of 12 beers ad nauseum, but you know, I think it's, I think it is a really a chance to, to tie, tie in the downtown. And then you create, you create really these great little pocket destinations inside of Kansas city. You can go out to Martin city and, and have their, you know, eat, eat out there, or have a, have a beer at the brewery, or you can go up to the Northland. If you want to go say shopping at Zona Rosa, because maybe the plaza is not your thing, or you want to go out to legends because maybe you're in town for the, the races out there. I mean, you, you have a chance to, there's nothing, I mean, no, there's really nothing out there by the stadiums. There's the, there's a sports complex. Right. And, and that's it. And look, we've had 50 years to get something out there by the stadium too. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not going to happen and, by now. And, and, and you know what, really there, there's so many, there, there's so many obviously benefits to it. And, and you mentioned and talked about, you know, having the, the affordable housing down there and places for people to live and, and all of that. And then you said something that I thought was very interesting, taking people out of their homes, the East village where they want to have the new stadium is essentially parking lots. So it's not like, you know, they're, they're, you're not knocking anybody out of your home. And so from that location, the land acquisition and all that, very easy to come by because there's really nothing there. The new one that popped up the other day is where the, I guess you call it now the old KC Star building is, yeah. the big glass building there. I love that location. But I don't know if that location is necessarily realistic because I think it's easier to do it and acquire the land for a much of more affordable price in the East Village side of town. And you get the opportunity to develop all of that. But if you were to put it where that new KC Star building is, the views of downtown would be spectacular. They'd be picturesque. And then the next thing to do would be what they did in Dallas. And that's cap 670. So sure. you can connect yeah. it all and make it all one big area. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that in the article when they were talking about, uh, unfortunately, the I guess the, the downsizing that's happening at the, the, at the star and all that, uh, you know, but then you're talking about taking a, an already established building, which you could you could literally turn into affordable housing. You could literally we've seen with the, 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 the cube building over on uh, Main and like uh, Ninth or whatever they turn into apartments. You could have a giant indoor botanical garden, you know, that, that, that has a brewery inside of it and restaurants. Look at what they did to, to the old Kemper arena. You can repurpose that building as opposed to just leveling it and trying to build something from scratch there. Yeah. Um, when I think that it would be easier, what I don't know, I'm not in that profession. I just think it'd be easier to take a flat piece of land that's already there and build up as opposed to tearing something down, capping something and then putting something on top of it. But I do think that part of the potential, growth of everything in Kansas city is like you said, you cap 670 and make this giant sort of outdoor civic park that connects, you know, the business district sprint center area with uh, the crossroads. So you don't have just this, this ungodly open aired highway, highway, know? <laughs> you know, which, you know, I mean, I know, I know they did, I know it was like a 20 year project in Boston where they basically buried the, the, the highway there. I know there's been talk about, you know, uh, uh, the North Loop, which is uh, I-70 between the River Market and the business district, you know, we're basically pulling that down and then 
redeveloping all that. But in terms of like, which again, I love the concept. I think, you know, the less highways in a downtown, especially highways driving through the middle of a downtown, the better, uh, the, the less of them, the better. Um, but all of that, I would think would take a lot more time and energy as opposed to like, again, just a flat, basically parking lot and, and a place that they've been attempting to develop for a while. And uh, sure, you know, we're, we're kind of stealing the East Village from New York City, but the East Village and NYC is pretty dope. So, you know, go right ahead. As far as I'm concerned, if that means, you know, I got I'm in the, I'm in the West Side in KC. I'll go to the East Village in KC for a baseball game for sure. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that people fret about and I think it's I think it really is a myth. And I, and I did the studies when there was talking about putting the, the stadium kind of around the Kauffman Center. There was some talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I kind of studied and, and, and did some research on that. It's like, where are we going to park? And ah, yes. when you start to dive into the actual numbers, Nivens, there were more parking spots closer to where they were going to put the stadium out by the Kauffman Center in downtown Kansas City than there were at the sports complex. Like within a quarter mile, there were like some 22,000 parking spots within a quarter mile of where they were going to put that stadium by the Kauffman Performing Arts Center. And then you go out to Kauffman Stadium, and if you park out in lot D or lot E yeah. or lot A, yeah. some of those further out lots, it's a much further walk into the stadium than it would have been downtown. So the parking thing to me is, is, is such a myth, and it's such a crutch that people fall on. Where are we going to park? 19, 20,000 people seemingly make it down to Sprint Center every time, and that's the average crowd of a baseball game. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the parking aspect, there's you could you could you can develop parking garages. There is ample street parking. You have mm-hmm. you will have people that are going to be hustlers and going to let you park on their block for, you know, that's that's uh, you know maybe over near the Independence Avenue area. Uh, there's also, like I mentioned, the streetcar thing that you can do a lot of parking yep. rides, and as they develop that, uh, you can you can you can. Uh, uh, utilize that you also have uh, and don't forget by the time the stadium opens in in that east village area that streetcar is going to go all the way down to the plaza hell you could park there and hop on the streetcar at the plaza and take it down but not only that they just developed a brand new busing uh terminal area for the city buses that are that is right by there which if that's not a tell sign of like where the potential stadium is going to go hey what's up but you know you can do parking rides you know, out in Blue Springs, out in Waldo, you can do parking rides out in Lee Summit area. And and I understand there's people going, well, my grandmother is 92 years old in a wheelchair. Okay. There's always going to be the outlier situation. And at that point, I'm assuming that you're going to figure out how to get Gam Gam to a game at 92 years old. But when you're talking about relatively healthy people that live in the burbs that should be able to walk, heaven forbid, a mile a half a mile. If if you're winded after that, then maybe maybe the gym for a little bit, and then the baseball game would be a great route to go. Yeah. Sorry to be rude, but I mean, you know, uh, you talked about like stadiums, not right in the heart of downtown, but on the outskirts. You know, one one place that I love to go to every year is New York City. I've been to numerous Yankees games. That's in the Bronx, and you hop on a street uh, streetcar, you hop on the subway up there, and the energy. Going to that game every single time is totally different than going to a Royals game where you're waiting in a parking lot to pull in, and then there's just a little like, hey, we're going to at least have some fun and get probably wasted, whereas up there, it's just like, dude, we're going to win today. This is going to be awesome. Let's go watch the Yanks win. And I know that's sacrilege to talk about the Yankees uh, on 610 Sports, but I'm just comparing it like there's, there's going to be a lot more people, I think, that will live in and around the city, and in and around the city being – really close in those burbs area like mission, 
you know, like like Prairie Village that will go because it's not as far away. Like wh- whether you like it or not, that stadium's pretty far away, you mm-hmm. know. And like I've taken the bus out there before. It's a long ass bus ride to get out there. No, it it is, and 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 under new ownership, and there's a new vision for the franchise, and 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 obviously, you know, this year has changed everything from whatever it is that you do in your life, no matter if you're trying to build a new baseball stadium or if you're, mm-hmm. you know, a, a teacher. Whatever the case may be, your life has drastically changed because of this pandemic that has taken place right now and that we're living through. And I'm sure it's affected plans that, you know, the, the baseball team wanted to do. I mean, mm-hmm. could, could you imagine being John Sherman? And it was roughly a year ago, roughly a year I, ago yeah. at this time, the sale goes through <laughs> and and he's run a baseball team, spent a billion dollars on this franchise and still hasn't sold one ticket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. can you imagine being in that situation? So I'm, I'm sure they've changed up some things. They've kept everybody employed out there. They're doing the right things. And, and, and I think the vision of this franchise, both on the field and off the field, is so spectacular right now in Kansas City. And just adding that baseball stadium to be that final piece of what is going to be great Kansas City baseball for generations to come, I think it's exciting to look at. And the other exciting thing to look at is going to be, okay, now you've got that Kauffman Stadium spot out there at the sports complex. Now you can have like Chiefs land out there where sure. you put hotels and restaurants and make that kind of Arrowhead Village. Yeah. Arrowhead Village, just like they have up in New England. And I think that's going to happen. Like there's so much that is on the horizon for our f- sports franchises that can change us as an entire city. Yeah, and I was thinking about this, too, the other day. Actually, I was thinking about this yesterday after reading that article. There was a guy that played for the Royals when we won in 2015, Ben Zobris. Remember that yep. kid? Sure, remember yeah, him? absolutely. And then where did he go the next year? Chicago. Okay, before they went into the World Series and they won it, what was the thing that just kept circulating around social media about Ben Zobris in Chicago? He was riding his bike to the game every day. And everybody in Kansas City was like, oh, there's Ben. Look how cool he is. He's riding his bike to the game. That's so neat. Yeah, go Ben. He's not going to ride. No one's going to ride their bike out to the game in, in, in where the stadiums are now. Unless right? you're Danny Duffy and you run to the game. And that's <laughs> right, just, yeah. Yeah. Again, there's always an outlier to this right, Yes, yeah. But, but, you know, and, and I'm not saying that, like, if, if the stadium is in the East Village, that you will see – into your favorite Royals player here doing the same thing. But that sort of the people that were naysayers, the people that I find to be naysayers about a downtown stadium were the same ones sharing that post going, how cool is this? So like, to me, it's just like, we can make that cool. We can make Kansas. And I'm not saying Kansas City is not cool. I've lived here my whole life, minus a few years moving outside of KC, but we're, we're working on getting our cool back, like our really cool back. And that really does come with, I think, a developed downtown urban core mm-hmm. that, that, and especially when you're in a smaller city. Now, again, there's going to be those people saying, we don't want to be like Chicago. We don't want to be like New York City. You're going to have to get a handful of more million people to get like that because, because you're, you're literally talking about Manhattan Island up in New York City with 8 million residents. There's not 8 million people in the state of Missouri. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. not sorry. You know, so you're looking at, at drawing people, not just from Blue Springs, not just from Lenexa. You're looking at trying to draw people from Arkansas. You're looking to try and bring people down from Iowa, Nebraska. You're talking about Eastern Colorado, maybe even Northern Texas. You're talking about obviously middle of Missouri, middle of Kansas. And if you give them a chance to come here and have a whole experience, they're going to keep coming back, which is going to help drive revenue. Because when people go on vacation, they spend more money than when they're at home. And that's just, it's just a fiscal fact, man. Uh-huh. Go.
Right. And, and I'll leave you, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Once the new stadium gets built, we've got the performing arts center. We've got, you know, everything that we have going on right now. What's, what's the next thing? The next thing? Oh, I told you botanical garden, an indoor yeah. botanical garden. I'm, I'm a hippie about that stuff, man. I went to one in Atlanta. That was awesome. Um, God, what's, I mean, you get a, you get the a downtown arena, you get a, a, a downtown baseball stadium. Uh, my, my only thing would be just improving on the mass transit, you know, yeah. being able to literally be in the Northland, say up off Swift, you know, where all those, those breweries are up there and go, let's go to the game and hop on the streetcar, come down to the game, get nice. Uh, Cause we like to drink in Kansas city, get nice in Kansas city drunk, hop back on your streetcar, go back up North. No problems. Hop back on your streetcar or, or, or Highline or whatever you want to call it. Go out to Independence. You know, hop on whatever and, and connect it over to KCK. Really improve the mass transit like we had years and years and years ago to where you don't have to worry about that that that, that big old Achilles heel known as, where are we going to park? Nivens and I are obviously very excited about the potential of having a downtown baseball stadium here in Kansas City. And with all the architectural firms that we have, the way that the Royals do things the right way, we're bound to have a beautiful new ballpark for ball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.